Kids, it's school holidays, but don't go anywhere because I need your help this morning. For starters, I just want to ask you, now Tanya and I, when we go to the movies, which we don't do very often, but when we do, we have this little system. So when we watch the trailers beforehand, at the end of the trailer, we give it out of a five, whether we're interested in that movie, potentially seeing it later on the track. So the, the trailer will finish and we'll just, you just put out your hand and say, oh, that's a four or that's a zero or it's a five. I'm really keen to see that trailer looks like that movie is going to be really good. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to have the same idea, but what I want to ask you is how you're doing this morning, your attitude, your heart, what's going on out of five, where would you rate yourself this morning? Where would you, where would you see yourself sitting this morning? And it's going to be a little bit vulnerable. I'm going to get you, when I count to three, put your hand up. And then out of five, you put your hand up and say where you're at this morning. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. Some threes, some fours, fours, some threes, two. Okay, awesome. Now, next question. Same, same idea. I need you to put your hand up on the count of three. But this time, I'm going to ask you how you saw God uh, moving and working in your week this past week. Yeah? So out of five, how was God doing in your week? Where was God at in your week? Yeah, so out of five, um, you've all, you all got in your mind what your answer's going to be. Ready? One, two, three. Some fives, some fours, some threes, a couple of twos. Yeah, okay, awesome. Well, I've got some good news for all of you. What I'm going to share this morning is going to make everybody, hopefully, go from wherever they at straight to a five. Yeah? Blow your mind. No chocolate. Doesn't require chocolate. It's, it's going to take wherever you are at, and we're going to end up at a five. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. I reckon that's pretty awesome. So, so we're going to work on that this morning. Now, to start with, there's going to be a few things that you might not understand. I need a couple of kids to help me out that like doing jigsaw puzzles. Yeah, now you can't be too good because I can't have someone do it too fast or else I'll muck things up. Here we go. So, woo! So you two, if you want to just... Now, do you want the picture on the front to see what it looks like? I'll leave that with you. Awesome. You've got a piece already. Well done. Awesome. Can I leave you doing that? Fantastic. We'll come back to that later. Okay. So while they're working on that, I've got another question for you. And that is, why did Jesus come to earth and die and raise again? To save us from our sins. Yeah. It says that in the Bible. He came to save us from our sin and to give eternal life. Now, when you tell that to people, a lot of people don't even actually know what sin is. And when you say that to people, they go, well, I, I think sin's about being bad and stuff, and I'm not a bad person, so I kind of don't really need saving from sin because I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I've seen the movies. I've seen what bad people look like. I know what the baddies are, and that's not me. So I'm all good. And this eternal life thing, oh, I don't really know what happens after death, so I'll just stick to thinking about what I'm doing now. Awesome. I don't need Jesus. And that's not actually correct. And so I actually need another volunteer. Yeah, come on. Here we go. Because I'm going to do a magic trick, a card trick, and, uh, and you're going to help me with a card trick. Okay, pack of cards. Do you want to have a look through them, make sure they're real and they're not dodgy? Now, is it all shuffled up? There's nothing strange in there. No. They're just big cards. Awesome. So what I'm going to do is like pretty much all card tricks, I'm going to work out which card you chose. 
So you look through the pack, you choose a card, and show everybody the card. Okay, just a minute. I'm going to look away. So we just, here we go. Not, not looking. Okay, and let me know when you picked a card and you've shown everybody nice and clearly so they know what the card is. <laughs> Have you got one? Okay, now can you put all the cards face down on the table so I can't see any of the cards? Okay, does everyone know what the card is? Yeah. Awesome. Now, do you know what the card is? Yes. Yeah, cool. And it's in this pack, somewhere in this pack. Yeah? And you've shown everybody. Yep, awesome. So I reckon I can guess what your card is. Do you reckon I can? You don't think I can? Well, you picked a really easy one for starters. It was the Ace of Spades. <laughs> Am I right? I didn't even have to pick up the pile or do anything. How cool is that? Do you want to do it again? Because yeah. maybe I was just, I got it lucky. Yeah? So let's do it again. So you pick one again, and let's do it again. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Okay, very good. They're good. They're all face down. Oh, you don't think I know what card it is? Yep. I reckon it was the Queen of Clubs. Am I right? Hey! <laughs> now, that's not worth five stars yet, okay? This is all right. Don't have to be blown away. Now, we're going to do it one more time, okay? But this time, you're going to do it. We're going to switch roles. Yeah? How's that sound? Really bad. Really bad? I reckon we can do this. So, you stand over here and look that way, and I'll tell you when to look back. And I'm going to go through here and pick a card, okay? But all I want you to do is tell me what the card that I've chosen is, okay? Okay, I'm going to put it back in the middle so you can't see it. Okay, now, can you turn around? And can you tell me what the card that I've chosen is? Have a think. What's the card? Can you tell me what the card is? Four of hearts! You got it right! That was amazing! You, that's phenomenal. Is anyone else as amazed as I am? <laughs> I know you know how it's done because you got it right. <laughs> Did anyone else work out what, uh, how it's done? <laughs> if you didn't know, if you didn't know, I might have had some help from someone in, in the crowd that gave me the answer. But that's the sometimes, thank you very much. That was awesome. Appreciate that. <laughs> sometimes when we look at, coming, look at Jesus and Jesus' life and death, when we look at it the wrong way, it doesn't make sense to us. But all of a sudden when you look at it the right way, you see things the way God sees them. And the thing with coming to understand why Jesus came and this might sound really simple, but we're going somewhere with this. The reason that we come and understand the significance of where Jesus came is when we look at it the way God looks at things. Now, I've got some awesome people over here that have been doing a puzzle. Oh, wow, you guys are so good. You're fast. I didn't expect you to get that far through it. Now, this puzzle has a whole bunch of pieces. How's it going? Is it good? a good puzzle? You know what? I'm going to take one out. I'm going to take this one out. How's your puzzle going now? Is it still good? Can I keep this bit? Why not? You can't finish the puzzle. But this piece doesn't want to be in the puzzle. This piece wants to be on its own. In fact, this piece doesn't even like its shape. It thinks it should be a different shape. It, it wants to be a different shape. So here we go. There we go. Different shape. 
It likes that. And you know what? Someone else said, this piece looks ugly and thought it should be torn. And in fact, this piece reckons it looks ugly too and doesn't want to be that way and it decided that it wanted to, it wanted to have spiky hair. How are we doing? We doing good? You like our piece now? Can we put it back in? Now, someone explained why Jesus came. And this little piece here makes more sense about when Jesus came than just saving our sins. Because is this piece good for the puzzle? You sure you don't want it? It can't fit anymore. Is that really sad? Do you know what? God thinks it's really sad too. When he had a plan, he had a puzzle, he had a nice picture. And we chose to do our own thing and it got looking pretty ugly, didn't it? And when we choose to do our own, go our own way, we don't fit in the puzzle anymore because we kind of mucked it up, didn't we? The piece is not useful for the puzzle anymore. And this is the really important thing. Sometimes we think God came to save us from our sin, and he did. The Bible says that. But he, he actually did so much more because God had a plan and a purpose. He had intention. And our sin stopped us from experiencing what God wanted us to experience. Does that make sense? And so what happened was God said, I am going to make a way that you can go back into the puzzle. And he said, come to me. Can you come to me? And I will do something amazing. Because what would you think should happen to the piece, that puzzle piece? What does it deserve? Get fixed? Probably deserves to go in the bin because it's pretty useless. And we probably deserve to die because we kind of ignored God and God's way and God's way was best. And yet God came and he said, I'm going to make a way to make that puzzle piece fit exactly, perfectly back into the puzzle. Like that stuff never existed. Isn't that pretty amazing? Do you think he can do that? Do you think that puzzle piece can do it on its own? No. Jesus provided a way that that puzzle piece could come back to being absolutely, completely right again. Just brand new, ready for the purpose that it was meant for. And that is what Jesus did on the cross. Is that, is that perfect? Does it fit in the puzzle? All fixed up again, just how it was meant to be. Is that amazing? Thanks so much for doing the puzzle. That's fantastic. Now, this is the thing that I want to talk about today. Because this is worth five stars every day. If we think that Jesus just came to save us from our sins, then that happens when we repent, turn away from our, our old way of doing things and saying God's the way we want to move. But God intended us for a purpose. He wanted to know us. He wanted to connect with us. He wanted to experience life with us. He actually, as the designer of everything, had an amazing picture that he wanted us to experience. And even adults sometimes get confused about that. And even though we recognize what Jesus has done, sometimes we forget what our puzzle piece looks like afterwards. We forget how beautifully we've been created, how much we've been restored. And do you know what that causes us to do? It causes us to think that our days are threes and fours when really they're fives. Because the Bible talks about new life. It talks about abundant life. And that abundant life is what Jesus came and died for. 
And that is what we experience, that every day is a five. Now, I can think of what some adults are saying, and this isn't magic. This is what I think sometimes. And that is, Matt, you don't know what my week's been like. You don't know what I've been through, what I've experienced. And you don't actually realise the challenge that I went through this week, the troubles I had. And that's why I was a three or a four, not a five. But they're not the first person to think that. Lots of people have thought that. And it says in James 1, 2 to 5, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Hang on. That sounds like we're going from something that was bad to something that, was, that brings joy inside. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's saying you will fully understand the puzzle piece that you are. You already are. You don't have to become it. You have to understand that you already are that puzzle piece when you go through trouble. Now, James could have been a bit of a weirdo. We don't know. Maybe he was the only one who thought that. What do you think Peter might say? So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you may endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Maybe it was just these two. I wonder what Paul thought about that. I am not saying this because I am in need. says this is Philippians 4. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So we've got this, this thing that, Kids, adults, everyone struggles with this idea that, yes, Jesus did something amazing on the cross. But my day, my circumstances, my troubles, my needs are actually bigger than Jesus. They're actually more significant, more concerning. And it actually is not what these people are saying. Now, notice they didn't say your troubles don't exist. Your trials aren't really true. They're just fake. They didn't say that at all. That when you're hungry, that's easy. They didn't say that the troubles don't exist. But they do say, compared to having an understanding of how God sees you, compared to having an understanding of what Jesus has done on the cross, your troubles are actually not everything. They don't define you. They don't decide who you are. And in fact, we understand this when we come to receiving Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you know, the classic phrase. There's four things that happen at that point. The first one is to repent, which is to turn around and go the opposite way. Where we were heading our own way and wanting our own things and wanting our own desires, that might have been work, that might have been friends, that might have been family, that might have even been church. 
We wanted these things for our own sake. And yet God says, turn around and follow my way and only my way. So that's the first thing, to repent, to turn away from our own way. And Jesus says in um, Luke 9, 23, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So we've already got this picture of it's not about us anymore, it's about him. And then the next thing that happens is we believe. We acknowledge that what Jesus did on the cross, that what God wants for our life, that we, this puzzle piece is significant because God made it significant and he restored it back to being 100% right. And we struggle with both of these two things in our walk. When we have days of three and four, when we don't see God moving in our life, it's not God that hasn't moved. It's not the gospel that's changed. It's our direction that we're facing and it's our belief that hold us back. Those two things are so fundamental and yet we still struggle. I like to call it the, uh, the Shannon Knoll effect. Some may recognize it who are older as the moving pictures effect, but most of you would know it as the Shannon Knoll effect. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? What about me? It isn't fair. I don't know the next line. I've, I've had enough now. I want my share. Even as people, someone knows the words too well. No. Even as people that have chosen to follow Jesus, we sometimes go, oh, hang on. No, I'm meant to be going this way. We sometimes get distracted. And we sometimes look at the puzzle piece and say, maybe, maybe it isn't for the purposes today. Maybe I'll just stay in bed today. Maybe, maybe I deserve something. I need something. I want something. And we forget the significance of an almighty God who has an amazing picture that he has actually created us for. This is really hard sometimes because our circumstances try to make us think about things that aren't God. And do you know what I do when I'm not feeling good? I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to worship. I don't want to think about God. I want to think about me because those two things butt heads. And if I want to stay in a place where I want to stay as a three because I deserve to be a three because my circumstances mean that I should be a three, then in those places, thinking about wanting to be a five is not where I want to be. And so I actually ignore what God's trying to tell me in those places. It's really interesting because there's a couple of passages that have come to light this week for me that have been really significant, and I want to share them with you. Hebrews 5, 7 to 14 says, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Now remember, God heard his prayers. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. This doesn't add up in our human line of thinking. He cried out, he cried out and pleaded with loud cry and tears to rescue him from death. God heard his prayers and he still had suffering. Interesting. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him to be the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, there is much more we would like to say about this, 
but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Now, you know what the human in me says? Are you calling me a baby? What? Are you saying that I'm childish and an infant and can't handle the real thing? That's my pride talking. Yeah? The reality is I struggle with the little things too, the simple things, the basic things. And I need to hear this again and again. I need to realize that I need to deal with the things that God wants me to deal with. Now, we've had three amazing messages in the last three weeks that all talk about this. And really, I'm just rehashing what we've heard in the last three weeks. Does anyone remember what Mary talked about? Letting go and let God. That's right. Yep. Come to the Father just as you are. What's that painting a picture of? It's painting a picture of a puzzle piece that is busted and ripped up and ruined and useless and should be in the bin. But God says, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. Come to the Father just as you are. What did Nath talk about? Nath's not allowed to answer this question. Give God 100%. The redemptive heart of a father. That God actually in his life, he realized that there were little pieces that he buried away that he didn't want to deal with. And God went, I want all of you, Nath. I want the whole lot because that's when you'll realize that you are complete, that you are a whole puzzle piece designed for a purpose and intimacy with me. And I've done that already. It's already there. It's already done. And what did Sam talk about last week? Unity. And what's, the, what's at the core of our unity? Was his third point, our relationship with the Father. There's no way we can have unity with brothers and sisters in Christ if we don't first have a relationship with our Father. And all these things paint a picture of a life of hope, of purpose, of significance, that the hard work's done because Jesus has done it. And it doesn't mean that we won't face trials or or adversity, but we've got to get this foundation right. Because if we don't understand this foundation, we're going to be tossed around in the waves. We're going to be blown left and right by every understanding. We're, We're not going to be like a house built on a rock when the storm comes. And so our our pride says, I don't want to be treated like a baby. But God says, get the foundation right. Because if you've got a good foundation, then everything that gets built on top of it can be solid. And this this is what Peter says about being babies. So get rid of all the evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So we look at being treated like babies as, you know, putting us down. But he says we should be crying out for this milk. Cry out for this spiritual milk. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. And this is the foundation on which our lives become five out of five. Not because our circumstances have changed, not because the challenges don't come, not because there's needs that are unfulfilled, but because we recognize that all of that fits into a picture 
that is more significant than those things. I believe God really wants us to deal with the simple things well. I believe God really wants us to deal with the simple things well. Jesus said in Luke 16, 10 to 12, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonored with much. And he said again in Matthew 25, with the parable of the talents, he said, for to everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. These foundational blocks, these basic things that we teach kids in Sunday school are actually really important. And how we deal with these things flow out in how we deal with everything else. And we can look at it and go, I've moved on from that. But as we come back to these things, we realize they are actually the foundations of everything else. And I just really want to encourage us this morning to look at how we see this puzzle piece. How do you see that puzzle piece, which is you? Because if you see that puzzle piece as a three out of five, that's not what God's looking at. If you see that puzzle piece as the last comment someone made to you or the discouragement or, or the result you got from a test or whatever it is, if you see that puzzle piece as measured by that, that is not what Jesus came for. That wasn't his intention. Jesus made us beautifully. He redeemed us not because our sin was yucky, but because our sin was a roadblock in recognizing what we are. And how we live, it's not about working hard. It's about recognizing the hard work that Jesus has done. We see things differently when we see them the way God sees them. Because before we're even born, he knew the shape of the piece. He was okay with us cutting it up and scribbling on it. It saddened him. But he always knew that there was an answer in Jesus, that that puzzle piece was of significance. And he didn't get rid of our sins for that alone. He got rid of it because he wanted it to be the puzzle piece he designed it to be. It doesn't mean that things will come upon this puzzle piece that will, will hurt it. It doesn't mean that things uh, will happen that cause this puzzle piece to question and feel discouraged. But the foundation at the bottom of it all is the way God sees this puzzle piece. And that we need to grasp, or we will face trials that we don't think we can handle. We will have needs that we think are more important than what God's plans and purposes are. We will have trials that we can't cope with because we don't see the puzzle piece the way God sees it. There's three scenarios I kind of see, and I see a puzzle piece that doesn't see itself as a nice puzzle piece. It sees itself as a set of broken pieces. That's what people see. And in that place today, if that's you, if that's what you see, ask God to talk to you because he will. He will talk loud and clear because that is not what he sees. That is not what he sent his son to die on the cross for because you've got sin in the life. He came to die on the cross because that's what he sees. The second one is 
that you see yourself as that. You recognize that. But sometimes it varies. It goes up and down. Look at what brought you down from a five. Why were you a four or a three? What does God want to say into that space? And I realize that was just a simple question. Don't get stuck up with the way I asked the question. But look at the gap. Look at the gap between the way you see yourself and the way God sees you. And the third part is if we just separate ourselves from the scenario for a minute and understand what God's doing from his perspective. The almighty creator of the universe created, designed, and made life happen. He was a God of intention. He is a God of intention. And when you stand back and see things from his perspective, we can look at it from a broken position. We can look at it from our position as people who've experienced Jesus, or we can look at it from his position. And that is God of intention that's trying to restore things back to the way it was. And I cannot think of a better place to be than in tune with what he's saying. So I just encourage you just to spend a moment and just think about how you see the puzzle piece that's you. Think about how God sees you as the puzzle piece. Lord, so often we want to make it about us. Lord, we're torn between what the world tells us is important and what you tell us is important. Lord, we confess that we struggle sometimes. We look at our circumstances and we do feel helpless, Lord. We feel powerless. We feel out of control and we feel weak. And yet, Father, we come to you today and acknowledge that the Almighty has reached out your hand. There is power in the cross. There is power in the resurrection of your Son, Jesus. And Lord, we want to own and claim that truth this morning. We want to be people who build that as the rock, as the foundation of our lives. Lord, if that's a spiritual milk you want us to drink today, Father, Lord, we ask you to give us more. But above all, Father, we ask that you would speak to us as the God who designed, created, and brought life to each and every one that's here today to help us see the way you see us, to help us understand what you're calling us to, your plans and purposes for our good. Lord, we pray that not just today, Father, but the times that we struggle most, whether it's on our own, whether it's in a crowd, whether it's at work or at school. Lord, we pray in those times, Father, that you would remind us, Holy Spirit, please remind us of what you see in those circumstances. Please remind us of the joy and the hope that can be found even in the toughest of places. The joy that you experienced even though you died on the cross. Father, we want lives built on a foundation that is solid, and you are that foundation. Continue to reveal that to us. Thank you, Father.